This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast and go to saythiscast.com if you want to hear previous episodes. Hey, party podcast people, we're on a hard stop, so there's no lube. We're just getting right into it. I'm your... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm your... <laughs> Oh your God. co-host Nicole <laughs> and I'm joined here today by my uh fellow co-host that's what co-host means genre yeah this is this is genre <laughs> Darn it. yeah uh welcome to the show so the topic uh which I was alerted on when I opened notion is how to call out racism without saying racism and why you should well that's a good topic um, and I have some notes here. I think I got halfway through this this outline, so we're doing well already. Um, <laughs> if I sound off, it's because I just started a new job, and I have not worked this hard in years. So anyways. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, a scenario. So you're sitting with some dudes, and someone says something racist, and you're like, hey, bro, isn't that kind of racist? And then the dude yells, and he says that he's not a racist, and that he has all sorts of friends of all colors and creeds. And, you know, being called racist is really fucking much. Um, and you've triggered a really heavy, like, defense response and you get absolutely the fuck nowhere because they're too offended to listen to you. You don't even get to really talk about why what they said was racist. All you did was talk about the fact that they were racist. Um, so this is like a worst case scenario for when you call somebody out for racism um, because I know that a lot of people are kind of um, slow to recognize that this is a common response, because if you're around super progressive people, if you say like, hey, bro, that was racist, they'll probably say like, oh, in what way? And you can have a productive conversation. Right. Um, but if you're talking to like normies, this is the one that you'll get most of the time, just so you know. Right. Um, and like, like a know. whole lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're not talking to people who are like actively anti-racist in their everyday life and up on it chances are you probably should figure out ways to call out racism and other forms of bigotry without calling people bigots so this is something that i started to do a year or two ago and it's worked pretty well and i should say before i start this is hard Sometimes I get really aggravated because sometimes you can spell out why somebody's being racist or bigoted otherwise, and they'll and they'll fill in the blank and you'll get the same response. <laughs> and so then you can just go ahead and call them a racist or whatever. But like, that's probably still not productive. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about racist scenarios where you're definitely going to be uh, given a bunch of bullcrap in response if you call out the racism. Another scenario. Let's say you're talking to somebody and they say, hey, it seems like those folks on the south side of Chicago are just naturally predisposed to violence. Now, for those of you who are not Chicagoans, most of you, that's a racist statement because the south side of Chicago is most commonly associated with black people. They're talking about gangs, right. they're talking about gang violence, and they're talking about an entire like group of people. So that's some racist shit. 
We can all acknowledge that in this room. Yeah. But if someone were to say that to me, I would probably not call them racist, even though they are most assuredly probably racist. (laughs) Yeah. And just for the benefit for the uh, listener, that's where the the outline stops. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you do when somebody says something that's racist but with enough plausible deniability that you're gonna get a bunch of pushback if you actually call them racist it's rocks you throw rocks at their head no damn it what you should probably say is try and get to the root of the issue that you have with it so in that example that i just gave where you're talking to the person who um says the people on the south side of chicago are naturally predisposed to violence I might say something like, hey, buddy, when you say Southside, like, who are you like, what what neighborhoods are you talking about? Who are you talking about? And then they list off a bunch of neighborhoods that are most like that are most likely black neighborhoods. And then I could say something like, hey, like, why don't you mention this other neighborhood that's on the South Side, but white or mixed? Right. And they'd probably give me some sort of excuse. And then I would say, for that matter, like, why why localize it? Chicago's pretty violent right now. Happens all over the place. I uh like I was just looking at a bunch of shit that happened downtown. Like what makes you think that you can just like say that that group of people is naturally just predisposed to violence when it seems to be like all over the place. And essentially the goal of this exercise is to massage their little brains into admitting that they're talking about black people, eh? And that you can both agree that they're talking about black people. That's number one. So, you know, I asked them like, hey, so like you're just the the black neighborhoods. You're talking about the black neighborhoods. And they're like, no, 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 no. Um, And then they say something like the Latino neighborhoods. And you're like, okay, buddy, I know what you mean, though. Like you're talking about the people of color. Yeah. And then they say, but like that's who's doing it. And then you say, like, yeah, but why do you think that is? And then they might say, like, they're naturally predisposed to violence. Do so you say, like, that's why do you think like, that? Like, yeah, you just kind of go, like, why do you think that? Like, what what makes you think that? Have you spent much time around, like, white people? Like, I think that we're, like, we're all kind of equally disposed to violence, <laughs> predisposed <laughs> to violence, uh, if given the right circumstance. If you're feeling out the conversation, you're getting somewhere good, then you can start mentioning, like, you know, uh generational trauma and shit and all of the reasons that go into the reasons why some people who grew up in a real shitty neighborhood might do crimes to live their lives without dying yeah this is a strategy that i've used a lot there the the other night i was talking to someone about trolling like why they trolled or like why they liked messing with people in video games and we just kept digging down into the whys and the hows and i think by the end of it they were reconsidering why they liked trolling or what trolling meant to them it was interesting there is a methodology of fine is it Let me do it like this. So this is an older concept than the example that I'm going to use, but I'm just going to use an example from something that I've been doing recently. So I've been doing like Google analytics, Google like data analysis certification training shit for a couple of weeks now. 
And at one point, one of the things that got brought up was, you know, the five whys. So if you got a if you got an issue and you want to figure out the root cause, you ask why five times. And by the end of that, you figure out a why that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Interesting. Yeah. So this is a really good strategy when you're dealing with bigotry. So one of the most irrational but like easily shrouded forms of like idiotic bigotry around is transphobia. Most transphobia just boils down to a lack of understanding and like people's out of control like ick response. So sometimes people will say things like, I just don't think that kids should be making decisions about what gender they're going to be. So that's like a statement that you would hear a lot from like a normal person. Right. And it's clearly fucking transphobic. But if you call it out as transphobic, chances are that you're not going to get a great response. So what might you do instead? You might say, like, why do you think that? And they'll probably say something like, you know, because like a big decision and children aren't like fully baked. And uh, I just don't think that that's right. And then you might say, well, you know, um, if your kid with a vagina said, I'm a girl, you wouldn't say that you're not a girl. You're an non-binary person until you're older you're just kind of doing this for the trans kid you do realize that that's like a thing right and they might say like yeah but it's different and then you might say like why is it different and you might work that down a while you can end up in two places that person might just say like yeah you know if i have a kid i don't want them to choose choices that are going to make their lives harder for them and then you say well, the solution isn't to fuck with your kid's life because you can't change the way that they feel about your their gender. You just support them. Right. And then you might hit them with the fact that, you know, trans people with the support of their parents or other loved ones do way better than trans people <laughs> or anybody without the support of their parents. It's um, Yeah. How about that? How about that? People with support structures do better in life what, yeah like the, what you, that's crazy crazy what, what but yeah you might just say like hey parental support is like one of the number one factors in what leads to like you know a trans kid killing themselves or like you know a trans kid growing up feeling accepted and like do, going through their transition yeah if they so choose to go through transition and just like you know live in vibin for the rest of their day <laughs> So maybe you vibe that or you work them back and they just say, I don't, I just don't think it's natural. And you say like, what's not natural about it? And like, I just think that it's, um, that it's not normal. Like normal people are, are boys or girls. And you might say, well, what's normal? And they might say like what most people do. And then you might say, but why? And if you why them enough, they'll probably say like something like, Hey, that's, it's just gross. I don't like it. And then you have your answer. And you can say, well, you don't like it, but you can't change it. It ain't going anywhere. And, and you know, like, being grossed out by something doesn't mean it's wrong. A kid's grossed out by broccoli. <laughs> they should still eat the fucking broccoli. Yeah. I mean, this strategy is really useful, but you have to make sure that you're kind of leading them along you can't just ask them directly why because they might get stuck in the loop like why do you think it's gross because 
because because it is. Why? Because it is. And you have to make sure that they might not even know that they're answering the question. Yeah, I had to prompt the answer with a little bit of like, you have to point the answer down. Like if they give you one step, you have to go to step B. So you'll notice that I didn't just say like, why, why, why? I said like, well, you know, why do you think that, that you don't want your kid to be trans? And then, well, why do you, why do you think that's okay? Um, do you really feel like a kid couldn't choose that they were a boy if they were born with a penis? Like you wouldn't do that to them. Like, why would you do that to somebody to a boy that was born with a vagina like why would you do that and then you just you gotta walk them through it yeah you you gotta lead them down the garden path a little bit yeah and the other thing about this strategy that i really need to stress to you is that you do it one-on-one yeah i'm a really big advocate for for um picking your battles and choosing your targets i (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the things that I'll laugh at conservatives about is when they're in like a classroom environment with like, say there are 20 people in the room, 19 are liberals and you got the one conservative and they know the temperature of the room and they say something like, fuck poor people. I hope they die. (laughs) And then like, they get like 19 reasonable responses to that, which are just kind of like, you know, that that's really messed up. Poor people are humans, too. I'm sure that you have poor people in your family. There's no reason for you to be that violent towards poor people. And then the conservative is like, I got attacked. And it's like, well, it's not really that you got (laughs) got attacked. It's just that you said something really fucking wild right in the middle of a, like, there are 19 liberals. You knew that you were going to get pushback for that. Yeah. And you chose to do that. And now you're playing the victim. So... Don't be the conservative in the liberal college. Don't do that. (laughs) If you're in a room full of people who disagree with you, maybe don't fucking do this. Hold it. Find the most reasonable person in the room or, you know, your friend and do it to them. Yeah. Because if you're getting a bunch of pushback from a lot of people, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to get dogpiled. It's going to feel like you're getting attacked. But really, it's just your inability to read the room and make a decision about whether or not you're going to get what you want out of the situation, which I should say, you know, I'm not making a value assessment on that. I'm just saying it'd be better if you didn't fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, this sort of thing I found, it. I mean, it does work one-on-one uh, very well, but it also can work if you have like backup like a like a conservative friend that you've already talked to that can uh be a part of the conversation and kind of translate but that only works with in specific circumstances because this is highly dependent on who you're talking to it could go either way um you you might benefit from having someone that can translate you might but that might be a detriment too you have to be able to read the situation and make decisions on the fly to change tack or uh just stop if you if you aren't getting anywhere yeah the other the other thing that i want to mention um is i don't recommend calling people out like calling unless you've lost all hope just don't fucking yell at them about don't call people the different like 
words that mean they're bigots. It doesn't really, if your goal is to try and get people to not be as bigoted, don't do it. If you don't care, which, you know, sometimes you don't, sometimes you hear something wildly fucking bigoted and for whatever reason you just, you just choose violence, like, do it. <laughs> That's the other thing I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. Because there, like, I said pick your battles. Right, right. Like, I'm going to go back to college years. If there was a frat boy who I fucking hated for completely different reasons and they said something fucking racist in front of me, I just call them a fucking racist and like slam a pie in their face. Like, I really wouldn't take the time to explain like why it was fucked up because their IQ is three and I don't care. Like, Um, like what kind of pie are you talking about? Whatever. Boston cream or lemon meringue? Boston cream. Oh, Boston cream. Boston cream. Okay. Yeah, that's all I really got. I I want to apologize for the sparseness of this episode. Um, don't don't apologize. It, it's fucking whatever. It was my first. I mean, you're right. Fuck you. It's a short episode. Um, I was working this week, and um, it's not like I'm working long hours. But when I get off of work, the last fucking thing I want to do is sit down and write more. So I've been playing a lot of video games. I'm not gonna apologize for that. <laughs> yeah i think what we're really getting at is uh, like you said you need to pick your battles you need to you know read the room and when we say pick your battles and i'd like to go into this a little bit more so when we say pick your battles it's not just pick the confrontation it's pick the battlefield it's pick the weapons that you're going to i'm using very violent imagery here but Pick the weapons that you're going to use. Pick the battlefield. Like, look at the resources that you can use in this discussion. Like I said, this situation is going to be highly dependent on a lot of factors. Who you're talking to, what the subject is, who's around. And all of this stuff can all go into how you choose to approach this argument. And if you want to do this, and I do think it's important that if you can do this, if you want to do this, you need to make sure that you have the time, you have the mental energy, you need to be able to read the person, read the room, look out and feel the situation. And remember, this can take a long time. You have to make sure that you have the time. This um, Something like this can last like an hour or more. Like if you really get into it. So like I said, if you have the time, the mental energy, you're able to read the room and you have stuff that you can say that you know that would have an effect, then this could be very successful. But really, the most important thing is if you can't do that, if you don't have the time, you don't have the mental energy, or you can't read the person, then don't do it. It won't help and it might be detrimental you know like see if you can and if you can't that is completely okay but you don't want to go into something that you know you can't win yeah that's that's a really important point you have to um it's good to put on your own uh, mask before trying to put somebody else's on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're mm-hmm. not feeling up to it, don't try it. You're just going to get aggravated because it is some aggravating bullshit, to be fair. Yeah. It's really hard sometimes when you're walking, when you're holding somebody's hand and you're walking them down a line of thought where you're like, this is transphobic. You just think that trans people are 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 icky. 
I've seen a thousand people like you. You really just think that trans people are icky because your brain is super small and smooth and and smooth. <laughs> super small, super smooth. It's like a marble. Um, but I still have to talk you through this. <laughs> like something like this can last a long time. Uh, I had a conversation just like this that lasted like two and a half, three hours. Also, I'm going to make a recommendation for me. Uh, for for people who are built like me, mm-hmm. don't do it for three hours. Because <laughs> I assure you that that genre probably reached the conclusion of that of that conversation and then like just went in circles and spun, the, like they they spun their wheels for a while. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what happened a little bit. A really important part of this to me, for my personal sanity, and I it's a recommendation for you all. You don't have to follow it. Try to learn when a conversation is starting to loop and cut the loop as soon as fucking possible because it only aggravates both parties and you only dig in your heels. If you're looking for somebody to relent on an argument in the moment, you're delusional. No one ever does that. No one ever does that. I could have an argument like, let's say my girlfriend told me, don't use that pen to sign that contract. It's red. And I open the pen. And I used the pen because I thought it was black. And then it was red. And we started an argument. I would not admit that I was wrong. I would lie. I would lie through my teeth. Because that's just not how humans are built. Like, ask me 20 minutes. I'd be like, yeah, it was red. Yeah. Of course it was fucking red. I'm being a dumb fuck. I I mean, this is kind of what I was saying before. It's. You need to be able to read the room. You need to be able to read the conversation. If you reach a point where they are no longer receptive to what you're saying, then continuing with the conversation would be a disservice to what you're trying to do. The conversation that I was talking about before did last a while and it did loop around, but every time it looped, it peeled off a little more and they learned a little bit more about what I was talking about. Mm. That's why I kept going. But I've had conversations that have lasted like 15 minutes because I realized that's it. That's the point where they have stopped listening and there's no point to going forward and you don't want to keep going. You don't want to hurt yourself or, you know, them or anything, you know? Yeah. And I, and I also promise you the worst part of this is that they're going to, is that you're going to be more peeved off than they are because being bigoted takes far less energy than trying to combat bigotry. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Go off queen. (laughs) And that's the episode. It is. Go off queen. This episode has been brought to you by listeners like you, actually. Uh, We have a Patreon, and if you would like to contribute and uh, help out the show, then that would be really great. You go to patreon.com slash saythiscast. There you can do like $1 or $5 or anything. Um, And uh, Nicole, do you have anything to add? Um, Fuck you, pay me. Patreon.com slash say this cast. Yeah. Coffee. Same address. I'm tired. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, 
ko-fi.com slash say this cast or patreon.com slash say this cast uh check it out uh if you enjoy the show and you would like to to see it improve and everything like that then we would really appreciate the support thank you all right so we want to talk about really happy things because expending mental energy talking about bigotry and racism you know you need something to relax and and you know rejuvenate you. your soul Re- hallelujah <laughs> praise the lord Nicole, what you got <laughs> um baldur's gate three builders uh baldur's gate boulder boulder's gate baldur's gate three had an update uh patch five i like baldur's gate three although they detoothed uh shadow heart slightly which is unfortunate Sons of bitches. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 came out. I've been having fun with it. It's real fucking glitched out. Super janky in a way that I don't enjoy. Um, and so is the story. But it's uh, you, it's Pokemon-esque. I, I, I'm busy. <laughs> I got a job that that's what i'm happy about <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we're, we're all happy that you got a job you know we know that we you've been looking for a a gig a regular gig for a very long time longer than i am willing to tell you people <laughs> i am incredibly jealous of you so congratulations mean it thank you i appreciate that so much so my thing is, I have been going deep and hard into Ew. Monster Sanctuary. <laughs> I did that for you. I think I I've talked you. about Monster Sanctuary on this show, too. You did. So this is full you did. circle. Yeah. And actually, uh, I I put it on my wish list because of that, because you mentioned it. And it was recently on sale, so I got it. Specifically because it is Metroidvania Pokemon, which is like crack to me. So the other night I was playing and, you know, I was going to I was thinking I'm going to play it like a couple hours before bed. And uh, I I started and I looked up after a little bit and it was 4 a.m. And I was like, what? What? You, what? It? And <laughs> and that is a homework of a really good game. And I think a little bit ago i was playing it and you just messaged me on discord and you said i see that you are also a person of culture that's true it's a very good game <laughs> it is nobody i know it is has played it game. um which made me sad because there was a point where it was like in my head rent free <laughs> for a long time and i had nowhere to go with it yeah it's it, it's i'm at this point where i'm really frustrated by it but it's the good kind of frustrated like you you can see how you can beat it, but you're just not there yet. And you can, but you can see how to figure it out. And it's got like a lot of resource management, which we both enjoy. And basically what I'm saying is Monster Hunt, Monster Sanctuary is now the official game of I shouldn't have to say this. That's all I'm saying. Don't use your shift stones on willy nilly if you start yeah, no. playing. Yeah, um, I'm saving mine up. Yeah, you just catch the... you you. You can catch the monsters as the different. Yeah. If you play it, you'll see <laughs> what I'm talking, what about. talking about. Save your shift stones. The worst thing in the world is getting to the end of the game, and there are certain monsters that you can't catch shifted, 
and then you're shafted because you already used yours on some shit that you could have just grinded out. Yeah, if you're shift, then you're shafted. That's true. Anyways, I think that we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we might be done now. So, yeah, thanks everybody for listening to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. We put our episodes out like twice a month, every two weeks. And uh, if you would like to know more, then you can go to our website that is saythiscast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out on any of the podcast services, Spotify or uh google or apple or pocket cast or whatever you'd like to do um nicole you're not posting that much but do you want to say your your twitter or whatever i'm at um on twitter at jack of three trades as in the number i'm posting a little but i'm mostly just venting yeah i i saw that you were talking about the the Steam Deck, I think. I got the Steam Deck. Oh, I got my reservation. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay. <sighs> For anybody that doesn't know, the Steam Deck is the new Steam like video game contraption. It's the Switch Pro. Yeah, basically, it's the Steam Switch thing yeah so i'm really excited about that that's another thing i'm happy for anyways this is after that section <laughs> uh all of our music is by mustin uh if you want to learn more about his music and purchase the actual theme song to this show which is called mario bay breeze then you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com that is m-u-s-t-i-n i shouldn't have to say this is a member of the planetside podcast network to learn more go to planetsidepodcasts.com So I, I also wanted to tell you something that didn't really fit uh, into the episode, but kind of relates. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story. It's going to be great. Okay. So I used to work at a phone survey place. We would call people. I would call random numbers and I would mm -hmm. ask for vaccination information, actually. Awful. It would actually be like, hi, I'm Morlock. Do you have any, like children in your home <laughs> okay do, do you know do you have your vaccination records for them oh no. can you can can you read them off to me can you go get them and read them off to me please i'm sure people <laughs> love that my job was actually to call back the people that refused like a week later to try again I'm sure they loved that. Holy fuck, that's awful. That's so annoying. Yeah. I would light your ass up. Honestly, I got a bunch of completions out of it, but it, that doesn't matter. Anyway. I'd light your ass up either way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got this number from Oklahoma. Uh, and it was this guy and I, it, like an older guy. And I asked him, you know, like, do you have any children? Do you have vaccinations? He, he didn't have any kids. Uh, can I ask you a few more questions? Yeah. So... Um, I asked him a gender and I asked a uh, race, like, what race are you? And he said, well, I don't know. I, I'm white, but there could have been some raccoons in the woodpile. Who knows? Oh, fuck. Raccoons in the woodpile. That's. I will never forget that. It was like 20 years ago in my life. It was like 20 years ago. That is and such it is living in my that head that is such free, a rich sentence there's so much lore right the wood there is pile. so much there is so much there wow it's just so layered you know that's real fucking hilarious anyways <laughs> yeah. uh great fantastic bye <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>